what's your sign? Hey everybody, this is Micah with Queer State of Mind on here on Radio Free Brooklyn. We have a very, very special guest today. We're gonna learn all about astrology and how, how to make yourself, you know, look out for your world. Um, so tune in, you have a whole crazy crew here and uh, get ready, get your drink ready, get your food ready. We're gonna have a good old time. It's time for Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn. New York City's home for queer people of color to gather and talk. Join us for all the latest news, pop culture, talk, and more from QPOC perspectives. And all the tea, sass, and shade you can handle. Listen in. And tell us what you think on Facebook at Queer State of Mind. And on Twitter and Instagram at QSOMNYC. Well, hello, 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 everybody. How's it going? Hey, friends. Hi. Hey, y'all. So we have hey, a, everyone. Yes, we have a very, very special guest with us today. Um, it is a friend of mine who I have known for over a decade. I guess a decade. Um, ooh, that's weird, right? Yeah. Um, she is an astrologer, and she is here to answer all your, well, not answer your question, answer our astrology questions. Well, the vibe. Hey, hey, Will. Hi. Oh my gosh. Um, so we have a full. Hey. Yeah, everyone's here. Um, so um, how's everyone doing? Actually, before we start, how's everyone doing? No. Um, not great, but that is not relevant to the show. I'm gonna be great for the show. That's for sure. Oh, well, shit. Okay. Put it that way. Fantastic. We will take that. We will receive it, and we will love you all the way through it. How about it? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am doing fantastic. I had yes. a when I say I adulted for your nerves today, like just adulted my ass off. Yes. I did, yes. and um, but I started adulting at like six a.m. I fell asleep in the car pickup rider line with Miss picking up Miss Scarlett, honey. I went home immediately at one thirty and took one old a stern two hour nap. I had. Yes. Yeah, it was stern. I had to do it. Um, but yeah, I got it. I felt very productive um, today, more productive than I have in a very long time. And it was a good feeling. So yes. And this hair and lip. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I had to like, um, well, we could talk more about that a little bit later. But I had a, an early morning meeting where they knew I was a makeup artist. So like, I had to actually show up looking like that at like, the meeting was at 7am. I was like, damn. So, um, <laughs> so I still am in full drag. So you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing, Zadie? Real good. Good. Yes. I'm okay. That I'm all right. Let's just leave it. Let's just put it that way. Okay. I'm all right. It's been a week. Okay. It's not going to be very exciting today. Let's put it that way because I'm not drinking. I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, but I'm all right. You know, it, uh, I'm excited about the astrology um, reading and all of that. But yeah, so. It's going to be on a good 2.5 today. Your okay. wishes do come true. I'll drink <laughs> I'll drink the gin you would have drank. Amen to that. Yeah, because I'm drinking this uh, mock, mock Cosmo. So it's just seltzer water with my sugar-free Cosmo mix in a lime. Okay, I receive it. There you go. Uh, how are you doing, Sam? I'm doing all right. Just washed my hair. Oh, hey, Sam. Um, girl, I didn't even see you. Hey, girl. 
Yes. Let me just show my face a little bit. You see, yeah. just watched it. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're fabulous. So Ooh, I love gonna, your hair. Oh my put God. it up in a towel and then rejoin y'all. But <laughs> I'm okay. I've been, you know, pretty, you know, I'm hanging in there. And um, thank God, feeling good, as good as you can during these times. And um, I have high hopes for the future. Yes. Yes. Amen. And how are you doing, Noelle? I am as good as can be expected a lot like everyone is describing and it's hard for me not to like jump in and be like well the astro says that you're feeling like this because um because there's a lot of reasons why people are feeling really heavy right now so I feel grateful to be in a space um like spiritually where I understand it not that that means I get to bypass the experience at all but um feeling grateful for the awareness of it and grateful to be in this space with you all as well. I love that. Thank you. I'm, we're Thank so happy to have you. Being here. Yeah. So um, before we dive into learning about astrology, I do want to, uh, we're going to go into our feature track of the week. Um, we had a death this week. The late, great Mary Wilson of the Supremes passed away at the age of 76. Um, and we want to, you know, make space and honor her. Um, and Duran picked a track. Can't take my eyes off of you. Um, Duran, you want to give a little background on this on this track and why you chose it? She sings lead. Yep, there you go. That's it. This is why I chose it. <laughs> Amen. All right. So and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful. It's song. a beautiful song. I mean, this is a great song. I mean, I, I love. I, I feel like every single version yeah. of this song I love. So this is great. Um, exactly. So you're listening listen to Queer State Minor Radio for your Brooklyn. Here is "Can't Take My Eyes Off You."
Yes, that was Mary Wilson from the Supreme singing Can't Take My Eyes Off You. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Rest in power, honey. Oh my gosh. Um, so thank you, Noelle, for coming here. We I really appreciate you coming. And I think one of the, so one of the reasons I, I really want to have you on was because I think there's, there's, you know, there's a misconception about astrology, right? And I, I would love just to hear from you, um, what is astrology? Because I think a lot of times when people think about astrology, they think, oh, the thing like, you know, the, the very short snippet um, in your, like, like in the newspaper or whatever, where it's like, Gemini, oh, you're crazy. Oh, Taurus, you're stubborn. Pisces, you're emotional. Like, obviously there's a lot more to it than that. So like, what oh. is it, like, what does it actually mean to dive into astrology and actually oh, know your- Do not remember the Chris Rock song, uh, No Sex in the Champagne Room, where at the end he was like, Taurus, you're gonna die. Gemini, you're gonna <laughs> die twice, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I always think about when I think of uh, sun sign astrology, which is essentially what we all started, most of us started with, unless you were trained in astrology from the time you were little, which some people are, probably my children will be, but you know, most of us started being like, oh, I was born on this particular day, and so I am in Aries, right? The idea behind that is that the sun is in the sky and it is moving or we are moving around it and we observe the sun being in certain signs and the signs are in the sky. The sun sign astrology was popularized at a time when they wanted to sell newspapers. Mm. Um, So it does have a cheapening kind of effect to it because the people that do astrology um, to even to write a sun sign horoscope, need to look at the whole chart. So not only is the sun somewhere, but also so is Mercury, so is the moon, so are all these asteroids and all these other things. And that's what makes up the whole picture. And um, yeah, that's the biggest difference between newspaper astrology and the art and science of astrology. That's really interesting. And um, and I know that there's like there's like two major schools, right? There's tropical and sidereal and if you can you just give it a little um quick synopsis of what's the difference between the two and as someone who does and you do sidereal can you tell us why you chose to do sidereal sure so um i'm it's like yes <laughs> so sidereal astrology is one of the ways that you can look at the zodiac mm-hmm. um the zodiac is the you know the circle that we imagine the universe on because that's how our human brains can see it, right? Um, there, there are at least three ways, popular, relatively popular ways that people get into um, the zodiac. One way is tropical. One way is sidereal. Another way is draconic. The sidereal zodiac, the word sidereal comes from the Latin sidus or cider, which stands for star. The ancients would look up at the fixed star, what we now call fixed stars, as opposed to the planets. The planets move, the stars stay there, right? And they would say, the, this planet is moving and it's near these fixed stars. And so this is how I know where we are in the universe based on that, right? So that's sidereal zodiac. Around the time of Ptolemy and astro nerds don't drag me for the year because I don't got it off the top of my head, Um, but it was around the time of Ptolemy, um, he wrote a 
a treatise, you know, something, his big book or what have you, trying out some new things with calculating the Zodiac. He made a small, what they decided at the time was error, but the people who followed him continued with that style of calculation. That style, that style developed into what we call tropical astrology. So tropical astrology does not take into account how the universe itself moves. It assumes that you can calculate everything from one point in history and then moving on. So that is the biggest difference between the two. Now, again, I'll sum up. The biggest difference is that there's two different conceptions of when the zodiac starts. Now, what does that mean practically? A lot of different things. But I think the more important part is why are you doing astrology, right? So when you look, most of us know about tropical astrology and we know that uh, the Greek gods, right? The, um, the Greco-Roman pantheon and what have you. When I started looking into astrology, um, my ethnic background, my one side of my family is black, the other side is Cuban. And I started wondering like, well, what is my stake in this, right? Because a lot of the popular astrologers are white. Um, and I wanted to know like, what, what is my, how do I own this and in what way? And the more and more I dug into it, what I learned in the history of the world is that all sorts of peoples relied on the stars to figure things out, mm -hmm. but they didn't all do it in the same way. Okay. So what's common is that we're looking up to be like, where am I? What's, what's different is what do I do with that information? Okay. So the, the Chaldean Mesopotamian kind of vibe had more to do with counting, right? So that's where we get like the history that lines up very well with things like the development of algebra and whatnot, right? Mm. The Kemetic or ancient Egyptian, ancient Kushite, ancient African, if you will, um, their approach had to do with figuring out the stars because they believe that's where we come from. Really? So- Yes. So the Dogon people and those of you who have seen um, the documentary Black is King have seen this imagery, okay? Because the Dogon people of, um, I want to say West Africa, and it's a more, West Africa is big, right? So again, don't drag me as a more specific place, but um, they believed that we humans, them, come from the star Sirius and not just Sirius A, all Sirius A and Sirius B, that that's what the scientists call it now, but they had other names for it, right? And they had discovered all this astronomically accurate information that scientists were able to back up after the fact. So, really? yes. So the history suggests that the Dogon people from whom a lot of us descend um, and from whom the Kemetic, the ancient Kemetic um, culture can be tied to their spiritual and cultural beliefs involved what we call astrology, meaning looking up at the stars and seeing what it meant. So that's why, to me, that's more important than do I choose tropical or sidereal? It's more like, well, who am I and why do I even care about these stars? Oh, turns out I'm descended from people who believe that we come from the stars? Bet. Now I'm going to choose sidereal because I'm not going to look up in the sky and then do a calculation. I'm going to be like, there's the star right there. So that's this right there. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting because I, I, I think it's really super interesting because like under tropical, I'm a Gemini. But when you did my chart, it turns out I'm a Taurus. 
I mean, I feel like, and I think. But, okay, so that's a fantastic, let's, let's unpack like what we're saying. Cause you know, my other, my classical training is in English language and rhetoric. So like, let's talk about language. Yeah. Astrology. <laughs> astrology is also a language um symbols right like to help us understand who we are in this universe and how we relate to one another um so that being said it's important to remember that the symbols can be interpreted by many different people as as any language can be so okay, i'm sorry i'm trying not to get off on like too many tangents Remind me what your question is again, so I can answer it. Super oh, oh, yeah. So I was just saying that. So um, I know, like in tropical, I'm a Gemini. Oh, then, right, right, right. Okay, yes, that I am a Gemini. Okay, so it's not that you are a Gemini. It's that when you were born, the sun was in the sign of Gemini, hmm. according to tropical astrology, according to that zodiac. If you follow the sidereal zodiac, when you were born, the sun was in Taurus. What does that mean? Right. Well. We have to look at what all the other planets were doing and how they were talking to each other to even be able to talk about that. So to say, I am an Aries, what is that? Oh, okay. Like what is an Aries? In my opinion, the signs are the costumes that the planets wear to help you, mere human, understand what's going on. Mm. So it's not that, for example, you are a Gemini. It's more if, if a person like you, for example, it says I'm a Gemini, I would look at your trap or your sidereal chart and say, well, what's going on with Mercury? Right. Mm. Because we know that Gemini is ruled by Mercury. And this is another thing, understanding the astrological alphabet, that there, there's a language or rules to this. Um, you're not just being like, well, I think that Saturn feels like, it. yeah, some of it is intuited, but some of it is intuited and then passed down. From whom? I've yet to find out, right? Mm. Ultimately, ultimately. Apparently it's some star, but we'll get there in any event. Um, so I, Gemini being ruled by Mercury, you think you're a Gemini? Let's find out what's going on with, Gemini, uh, with uh, Mercury in your chart. And then I bet you we can find it's aspecting, meaning making an angle, uh, a prominent angle to another planet or ruling one of your cardinal points, meaning like your ascendant, descendant, midheaven, midheaven, excuse me. So um, it's more the, the sidereal approach, because it's not super popular, requires you, not, maybe not because it's not super popular, but the way I have had to learn about it requires you to get a more holistic understanding of what astrology is in general. And that helps combat things like, oh, I'm a Gemini. Got it. So um, I know that you pulled, um, you did two charts for, you did a chart for Rebecca and for Sadu. Um, and I would like, I don't know who, who wants to go first, but I would love for you to interpret things that you see in their chart. Um, and maybe like, again, like this, like, you know, as someone who I, I, I'm sure people would be listening to this, like, oh, I want to get my chart done. Like, what does this actually mean? Like, I think it'd be really great. If, uh, it's like, yeah, to share what you see in their charts and, you know, read the girls because, yeah, you know, they, there might be some things that they need to be told. Yes. Okay. So um, I have these ones and anyone else who wants to do it, it's like, I'll, I can run it relatively quickly. Um, you know, I just like need a minute, but Rock yes. Back. And what I'm about to do, usually I don't do, you know, usually I don't do this. Um, what I mean is that um, I don't like to, don't always blind read charts because sometimes when people find out you can read charts, they're like, so what does it mean that I'm this? And it becomes like a dance psychic monkey kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, I thought that it would be um, fun for me to do it that way, right? And I will say though, the way I, I, this is, if I can do your chart, if it's already sidereal, zodiac and pole signs, right? Other than that, send me your birth data in the chat and I will get it. So, um, and Mike, I have yours out in front as well, because. Because of course, like, why would you not want to read me on the air? All right. So (laughs) off the bat, um, we have Sedu being a Taurus rising. He's tired. He wants to eat. Um, You know, like that's very important for him to have his snacks. Um, Let's see. We have Micah is... um, it's hard for me to do this to you, Micah, because like you're, you're, you're not, you know. No, no, do it anyway. Micah has mommy. And it's her. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Someone said something. Can you read that one more time? <laughs> <laughs> Micah has mommy issues, but that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with him. It just means that nurturing is a big thing for him to deliver to us, mm-hmm. right? Um, but deep down, he really wants to be a businessman. It's probably like the why the, oh, the leather makes so much sense now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, 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 what? The what makes so much sense? I didn't miss that. Because I was thinking about, because he's a cancer rising. So that means he has Capricorn on the descendant. So that means in his heart of hearts, he's looking for that structure that like that, 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 that. Um, and so I think. Repeat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about a true. Halloween costume and I'm like, yep, that I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Oh, and Jesus. then Rebecca is a Sagittarius rising, so you can't hold her down. She wants to be everywhere. That and makes so much sense. It's it's not yeah. it's not slutty, it's sex for freedom. You know, it's like <laughs> not Ohio State. <laughs> Proud of you, girl. Girl. That is the truth, y'all. Do I need to look for my birth certificate on during the music break? Yes. Yeah. You should. Yeah. And that's that's what a ho, honey. Because my no, mama okay, said, I don't know what time you were born. I blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> Oh, and I always say, don't ask your mom. I, you know, I've had three kids and some that I, I can't remember. I'm a little, I can't remember when they were born. You know, we we can, we can find from the hospital, what have you. Right. And then also if there's anyone listening, who's like, I don't know when I was born, because I was born in a place where they didn't write it down, blah, blah, blah. There's something called chart rectification. Um, You can find an astrologer who does chart rectification, which is not a skill I have developed yet, but it's on its way. Um, But I just like to share that, that term chart rectification for people who, um uh feel left out my mother was born in the caribbean and um apparently in the caribbean people they don't write things uh down the way that we do mind you there are theories as to uh why we have our times written down in the united states and how we are like um how they're keeping track of our charts they right so well can you go back to mine again like say (laughs) the whole thing like not the whole thing but like say what you said well i'll say a little bit more about you so we have that where i got that from is that you have a sagittarius ascendant right so your rising sign the sign on the first house is how you present to the world whether you want to put yourself out that way or not that's how everyone sees you so if you have sagittarius rising everyone sees you as a as a sagittarius and sometimes they don't see that spiritual wanting to connect they just see you wanting to fuck everybody when really it's like i want to connect i want to connect i want to connect right okay i received that Right. Yeah. And, and it leans in for you too, because you have all these planets in the ninth house, which for you is another firehouse Leo. So, oh, that makes sense. Um, people probably see you 
a lot for your glamour and presentation. And I'm like, I know, like I heard you say you're a makeup artist. So that's why I'm smiling. Yeah. Um, but probably also like a little bit of the theory behind the makeup as well like not just that people look good but why they look good and specifically how to get them there that is so interesting you say that because I would not call myself a great makeup artist I am however a great people person yes and most of my job in makeup has more to do with uh, psychology than the actual tricks that I'm able to create with people's Mm -hmm. face yeah, there's so many more pe- um, better makeup artists at like creativity and stuff like that. Like I'm not a creative makeup artist. I can give you what I think you should have, but it really is at the end. I literally just said it today because somebody asked me. I was like, if you don't leave my makeup chair feeling empowered, then it doesn't matter how much lipstick or concealer you have on. Yeah, and that I has nothing to that. necessarily do with the product. That's so interesting you say that. I would wow. argue that you're a bit of a glamour magician, that you know how to um, do it to yourself and you know get that confidence out there. And so you know how to apply it to others as well. Now, I will say this. I'm never one to embarrass the family. So if you're going to say that I did your makeup, you're going to leave my chair snatched. That is the truth. Because I get embarrassed very quickly. So you're right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very much so. Oof. Yeah. So, and then also though, um, you, it looks like, well, it, that's like nice language for Aquarius moon. They think you're a weirdo. Who's they? Everybody. So like you, she is weird. <laughs> well, no, but so you either make yourself a weirdo or people make you into a weirdo. Like it's that's true. kind of a chicken and the egg situation. That's true. And maybe that's my way of fitting in. It is I love Aquarian energy. It allows you to detach enough that you can serve all. Because if you were to get really in with everybody on the level, you'd be like, oh, and you couldn't, it's too much. Oh my God, who are you, you magician? <laughs> Magical blackness. All right, let's see how good you are, girl. I do like to snack and sleep. Yeah, go, say <laughs> come on. It's a, it's a right, company. Let's let's the fact that she started with that, I was like, oh, well, there we go. That's well, easy also. It's like sometimes people stereotype Taurus placements about the food. One of my children is a Taurus rising and it's snack and sleep. That's if, if she don't have those things, it's a, it's a problem. Um, so I always like to advocate for the naps for my Taurus and Pisces placements. Like it's okay that you are doing something when you're resting. I'm a napper, honey. I don't play by my naps. Put her knees together. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's see. Ooh. Okay. We have a tenth house. What they call stellium, meaning like there's a whole bunch of planets in the tenth house. You either run your own business or you've been fired a bajillion times, or maybe both. Now I can say I run my own business, but I've never been fired. Right. So sometimes people with the tenth house, like you have to run. Like you. Hmm. It's hard for people with a lot of 10th house energy to be a good employee because the ideas and the structure, like you have it for something else. Like you are the boss kind of like, there's a lot of boss energy. So it's hard to be underneath other people in corporations and whatnot. So sometimes that's why people get fired because spirits being like, get out, make your own stuff. This is not for you. So I wouldn't be surprised if you've had some altercations i don't know if that's the right way to say it but um (laughs) with them crazy people at work yeah yeah for sure oh yeah oh yeah work to clarify Mm. i'm not saying he's causing it it seems like they want you to be their dad at work like there's a weird like thing people have for you 
Yeah, because I, I have a I have a, a paternal a, a paternal personality. I guess you can say that. Just because I just because I'm I'm patient with people, even though I'm kind of slightly impatient at the same time. I would say it's maybe even a, a grand paternal personality. It's not even like I think it's a little more than that. Like grandpappies, they do. Yeah, and the reason I say this is because you have stuff going on in the fourth house and your fourth house is Leo and then you have stuff going on in Aquarius and the 10th house and so there's this back and forth between home and outside of the home and that's like a um I don't want to say um, traditionally masculine is not the words I'm looking for but basically like pappy and grandpappy kind of uh yeah no but you know what Noel that makes sense so Sadu is godfather to my children and I mean, they can come to him for anything, but they also don't try him. Like they've never given him trouble, problems. They're very close, but they don't, I mean, it's like, there's a, I don't know. There's this like really there, like they call him uncle. They don't call him uncle Sadu. Mm-hmm. It's like he has the title of uncle. It's uncle everybody else. Uncle Micah, Uncle Duran, Uncle Sezzy, like there's Uncle everybody else, but yeah. Sedu is just Uncle. Yes. Like he is at the top of that. So it's very interesting that you say that. And they've never ever like tried to like manipulate him or like giving him the business at all. They just don't do that. They it's like the respect they have for him. And that I feel like started with Scarlett very instantly. She was a yeah. baby and they just would roll together. Like they had always yeah. been there. I don't know, like they were together in a former life or something. It was weird, their connection instantly. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised, especially because as I'm looking at y'all's charts and there's there's things you can run called composite charts and synastry charts where you can see the angles between people's planets, but you can also do it just by like looking at them and you and he have the same, a very, uh, the same sign Venus placements, right? So you're both Sagittarius venus and then you have that aquarius um moon and then he has all these aquarius placements so he energetically is almost like an extension of you mm-hmm. um and i could see people in your bloodline being like whoop fall in line yeah that makes that makes sense oh, very yeah. interesting god that's so crazy like you know what it's i it, i don't know what just made me think of this but like at my wedding so my mom has a whole son, like a son right that's not say do she has a son my brother ted and she has grandchildren or whatever that were fully capable of walking her down the aisle at my wedding. Now we talking what 13 years ago or whatever. But oh, wow, yeah. She That's would right. not, because she considered say to a son, she would not let anyone else walk her down the aisle, including her own son. Mm-hmm. Wow. She was like, No, 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 this is what it has to be. Like so there it are just some, there are some astrologers who can read um, you know people in charts that way but those kinds of connections i always recommend out akashic record readings because you can find someone who can um get in a meditative stance and dig through the records and find out the ancient connection between these people like they're I, oh my god we should totally do that because our families actually have a, co- a connection that we found out sort of years yeah after we became friends we found out oh my yeah, god we should, should, like 50 years ago yeah, yeah, you should dig into that. So but so that's to me is saying obviously you have a shared ancestor, uh, more so than we all do, right? So um or and even if it's a shared ancestor of affinity, as we say, meaning like um 
mama's best friend type of situation. So this is so interesting. I'm getting my whole life. Listen, when is it Sam's turn? (laughs) Um, I'm open. I have my information if you want. Like I could give you my my sun, my rising and my um, moon. Give me, do you mind telling me the time of day you were born and all that? Um, so while you're doing that, we can actually do a music break. Um, I don't know. Where oh, yeah. Let's do a music break um, so you can come up with this chart and then we can resume this lovely chart reading. Yes. Um, so um, this week was the anniversary, another death anniversary of Whitney Houston's passing. So to the 10th um, year, the 10th year. year is crazy. But is it 10th? Yeah. yeah, 10th. No, no, no. It's no, the 9th. 9th. Sorry. Sorry. So, wow. God bless her. God um, bless her. So. Yeah. So to honor her, we are doing two tracks. We're doing mm-hmm. Lover for Life and Run oh, to You. Yeah. Um, so you listen to Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn. We'll be back after this. you 
You're listening to Queer State of Mind, New York City's home for queer people of color to gather and talk. Stay connected with all the tea and more. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash queerstateofmind and follow us on Twitter at QSOMNYC. We're back. Well, hello, everybody. We are here with Noelle, the Vibologist, and we are doing lots of readings. Um, Noelle, um, I believe that we are now doing another reading on another member, uh, Sam. Um, Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Read that chart. Yeah, so um, first thing, Sam is a Leo rising. So, you know. Oh, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, always, it's always freeing when you find out it's not Virgo, it's Leo, baby. You don't have to keep trying to be organized. Give it up. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. And I say this as someone who used to identify as a Virgo rising, because in my tropical chart, I am a Virgo rising. And in my sidereal chart, I'm a, a sidereal chart. I am a um, Leo rising. And that- So I'm a Leo rising according to what chart? Sidereal. The sidereal zodiac has you as a uh, Leo rising. And actually, you might have been Leo in the other one, too, because it's so far down um, the degree. But the more important, not more important, but another element of this is you also have that 10th house stellium thing where you have a lot of planets in Taurus. So if you're like, um, I'm a Taurus, this is why you're an uh, Taurus. It's because you're midheaven one asteroid, two asteroids, and three personal planets are in your Taurus house. Mm. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) right. So that um, Taurus is ruled by Venus. So um, that Venusian theme stands out to me um, more than anything else in the chart because you have so many of the planets there. Now, another thing that stands out is having your Mercury in Aries. So that's, I wouldn't want to argue with you um, because, <laughs> um, you know, because you're trying to win. Not, not that, I mean, we could argue, it would be fine. But what I mean is like, um, if I were choosing people to fight with verbally, I would not pick you um, because you are- At tra- all. <laughs> At all. We all already lost. And I knew that the first second I met Sam, I was like, oh, shit, she's smarter than everybody. I lost. I mean, that's the Taurus, though. That's, the, that's them Taurus people. You know, uh, uh, Justin's Taurus, too. They're just trying to win. They ain't trying to be right. I was like, what the hell? You, See, you know, no. They, okay, that's a really good point. So if we were saying this is because she's a Taurus, meaning in tropical astrology we see that her the sun was in taurus right then we're saying oh taurus speak like that actually those people have their sun in aries and it's that martian aries energy that's making them fight like that right so her mercury representing how she thinks and communicates is in aries so she's trying to fight when she talks right but her all those other planets are in taurus so that's a fixed sign so not only is she trying to fight she's gonna stay in that fight it's not like <laughs> fight and get out. It's fight and stay, right? So that's another reason I wouldn't, you know. Oh, wow. That's everything. That is right? Everything. So I always want to push back against characterizing the signs and instead choose to characterize the planets because mm-hmm. you can't really get it wrong if you go for a planetary perspective because the signs are all it's like a double interpretation, if that makes sense. It's you interpreting the planets through the signs. Yeah. So yes, continuing on with what you have going on. Let's see. Hmm. 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 H
How do you feel about college? Are you getting your PhD? Boucher. <laughs> so I, yeah, I have been in talks with my sister and my best friend who's helping me be, start the application process to get my PhD. <laughs> I didn't even, I never said anything. I literally was talking about it today. What? <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. Sam, yeah. together, girl. Yeah, I was like, I want to do research. I want to be published. And I'm like, this is my time, you know? <laughs> Whoa. I'm so excited for you because the reason I asked is you have what's called your North Node, one of the nodes of the moon. Um, in it's a mathematically calculated point, and it represents um, the energy that we're being called into this realm to express. And yours mm-hmm. is in Aries, and it's in the ninth house. So is mine. And um, one of the best ways to express that energy is through ninth house things, which include publishing, research, spirituality, higher education, because Mm -hmm. the idea is taking the big ideas that we've learned and spreading them out into the world. And the ways we do that is like through the university, through um, big publications. And those are not the only ways um, through foreign travel and what have you. But those are some of the traditional ways to get that you know, message out. So the reason I asked is because most people who have that ninth house energy are in some way tied to the academy, whether they want to be or not. And sometimes it's better to just get the freaking degree so that you can be like, here, here. Yeah. I'm fucking doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're so smart when you make a doctor. Yeah. 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 Dang. <laughs> that is Dang. so funny. Same Cause that's not something that I have spoken to people about at all. Like this is like a very recent development. It's been kind of brewing underneath, but I used to talk about law school more, but I've been leaning more towards So law, law, politics yeah. is the ninth house. It's basically the ultimate degree, right? Like the, yeah. the professional degree and whatever you do. The cool thing about this too, is that you're going to be able to go into this and not get sucked into the bullshit of the academy because all your 10th house energy, in my opinion, is going to have you thinking, how am I going to monetize this? How am I going to build a structure through which this information can flow? Not like I'm the smartest professor with the most books, right? Right. Yeah. So that's exciting for you. So Yay. basically, Sam, you're about to be a PhD and I'm a hoe. <laughs> And I'm sleep. And, and you, and you like to eat and sleep. sleep. And let me yeah. tell you something. I just feel good about the fact that Noel said, okay, Noel did not say, but what I'm saying is I heard I'm a hoe because like that means, because y'all, the listeners know I used to be a hoe back in the day. And like, that means I still got it. But like, Sam, you about to be a PhD girl. That's everything. That's yeah. And now I feel really motivated by hearing this because it's like oh okay so this is not just me crazy talking in my head yeah, like this is like, confirmation that like you yeah. are right you're doing the right thing i'm on the right path yeah yes girl that's amazing yeah, that's yeah. so i'm ex- i'm excited for you know people to realize their their nodal energy if you will so um let's see micah also has his north node in aries but his is in the 10th house so i'm always telling him he needs to have his own business um and he can't work for anybody (laughs) except for himself right um sadu's north node is in the fourth house so that suggests that he already knows how to run a business and in this 
or it knows how to create a structure and a legacy. And in this life, it's more about taking care of things on the home front, more about setting up the psychological and physical foundation for the people like in the immediate circle. Oh, wow. That, part, Ooh, that is spot on. That part I've been doing for a long time. A lot of people don't get that. And people see that as something that is not, but that's exactly what it is. Yes, and I can also see because of all the Aquarius Leo energy, some un probably annoying to you gender things coming in because the houses, it's like your stuff is flip-flop. A lot of people associate fourth house with women. Um, and I put that in air quotes because it's the, the home and they've made it so that only one kind of person is associated with the home, but that's not really, the home isn't exclusive to one kind of person, you know? So yeah. I'm... I'm excited to hear that confirmation. And then let's see, Rebecca, you have your North Node in the ninth house as well. So what's going on with you in higher education? I mean, we're okay. gonna get her to sight, learn to sight read, honey. Yes, God. No, honey, I tell you, no, not that. I have been for years considering my um, getting my MBA. But like yes. the business that I'm in, I don't necessarily need it, but I've always just wanted it as a validation for me. So in my opinion, that degree for you is about the experience of earning it and yes. not so much about what you do with it. And if you went into it being like, oh, I'm going to get this degree so I can like make more money, it'll fall flat, right? It's more about so that I can show out in school so that I could raise I my hand. school. I yeah. love school and I've just always, I have a business degree already along with the, um, with the music degree, but I've always just wanted my MBA. Mm. Um, I've always just wanted it. Yeah. I don't know. And for no reason, because it doesn't have anything to do with my actual professions that I'm in right now. I mean, I am an entrepreneur, but I'm that without the MBA, but I just have always wanted my MBA and I just haven't done it. There's something about you and the Academy. Right, like you. What are some other um, institutions that fall under the ninth house? Yeah, uh, a law. Um, you know what? Let me not. I, I could just rattle some things off, but instead we will consult. Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> book is called um, "Houses: Temples of the Sky," and it's one of many, many astrological texts. But it puts together um, ancient research, modern research. You know, it like delineates like various um, different interpretations of what the houses mean. And that's why I think it's useful. So let me go to the ninth house here. That's a good question, Sam. Great question. So then yeah. like, we know like what's possible. Okay, here we go. Uh, main rulerships, long distance travel, voyages and journeys that take us to remote, unusual or unfamiliar environments, overseas, foreign countries and distant places, foreigners, pilgrims and explorers, places and situations where we seek guidance and wisdom from others, where we reach out into the unknown in search of widening our knowledge and understanding, dreams, visions, inspired thoughts, divination, astrology, mysticism, philosophy, beliefs. <sighs> and this next part is why I put ninth house has to do with Sagittarius. It's not one and the same, but they are related. And this next part is why I associate, why I talk about the sex part as well. The desire to unite with something greater than oneself. Oh my God. I just fell over <laughs> because when you said divination, okay. And none of y'all see, I can't believe I'm even about to say this on air because I have not communicated this to literally anybody, but you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. 
I have in recent years, maybe it's not the NBA that I care about. I have in recent years considered, and it won't go away, becoming an Episcopal priest. You know, okay, so the the other thing I was going to get (laughs) to, wait, hold on, girl, because the ninth house is also the church. Um, Religion and clergy of any kind, affairs of the church, holy places, sacred grounds, intellectual inspiration, and spiritual quests. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Start it. Do it. I thought it was the NBA, but like I keep coming back to, and it's specific for me. It's so, and the reason I say the academy is because back in ancient times, what have you, we come from times where, well, we'll talk about ancient Egypt and Kemet, those pyramids, the universities, the study of religion, the study of the stars, the study of law, the study of religion was not separate. Okay. okay. So that's why that ninth house, we're like, why are all these things together? That don't make sense. But if you think about it in an ancient way, like you would not separate law from like the priest would have to know the law. Right, right, right. And that's why they are connected. So I'm, I'm excited for you to explore what that could mean without the um, restraints of our modern institutions, which a lot of us have a bad taste in our mouths from those experiences. Of course, Ooh, this is terrifying. Oh my God. It is, the North Node is terrifying, is specifically because the South Node, which is opposite it and the other house, those are the skills that we come into this incarnation with, right? That's the stuff we're super um, cool about. From an example from my life, I used to be a high school teacher and the third house um, has to do one of its associations is elementary education. To the ancients, high school is essentially elementary in a way, right? So working with small children, smaller children is something that I already know how to do. It's a challenge to put yourself out there into that area of your North house, North node, excuse me, which for me is the ninth house. So that fear um, I always like to tell my clients it's it's an excitement that you might not recognize because it's not tied to anxiety. It's like a, an ancestral excitement, like, oh, shit, this is what I'm here for. Um, yeah. We don't often feel that um, consciously. We usually we reflect on it and get to be like, oh, yeah, that did align the word. Look at how I did that. Look at me. Wow. Random. Instead of being like, no, actually, everything that does not fall in line with this mission is actually a liability. So I'm going to need you to go away with that and focus on my nodal path. Wow. That's right. This is great. Um, Damn. I know we have a. So I'm going to the seminary and Sam is going uh, to get her PhD. I have it like Elwood's. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, One can hope. Yes. So we have a few minutes before our second hour. Can you stay around a little bit longer, Noelle? Okay, great. Um, well, before we go to our next, before we go to our second hour, um, can you please share your social media handles? How can please. people find you if they want a reading, um, you know, and talk all this stuff out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, my socials, I'm Noelle the Vibe at all on all socials. Um, my website is noelthevibe.com. Um, you can purchase um, uh, consultations. That's what I call my readings. Um, I also do uh, kids readings. So I'm very passionate about helping parents understand um, how their kids think and whatnot. So oh. that's another one you could purchase on there. And also my Patreon, patreon.com slash noelthevibe to keep up with exclusive offers and horoscopes. Yay. Well, thank you. Um, well, so we'll be right back after this. Um, Noel will be staying with us. So stay tuned.
Well, speaking of fucked up, honey. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, she don't came up. Look at her. Look at God. Getting merch. I don't know if that's God, but yeah, look at something, honey. He's not going to let me do anything. Let's get that right. Bitch, I see what you did there. You did. And I appreciate it. It's amazing. This remix will literally give you life. Okay, yeah, we're listening to Quirks of the Mind. I'm going to let these queens calm down. Because they Ooh, do need to calm down. They're doing whatever. the most. All right. What is happening? What is happening on the record right now? Say your girlfriend. I'm like, no, this is my good Judy. Bitch, what the fuck you mean? Right. Ladies with an attitude, fellas that are not in the mood, continue. <laughs> Time for the messy hour, right here on Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn. Welcome back, everybody. We are in the second hour of Queer State of Mind. We are with our very special guest, Noel, the Bibologist. Yes. All the readings and reading the girls for filth, literally. Um, something not I, me, not yet. I just want to say really quickly, I will send you my information as soon as I find that piece of birth certificate. Yes, <laughs> yes. So there's something that I like. You know, it's Valentine's Day is 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 around the corner, and I would love for you to read our chart as it relates to love. Um, you know, uh, some girls want to know if they're gonna find love, if love exists for them. Let me continue to look for this um, birth certificate right now. <laughs> I need to know. I'm happy to talk about this. Yes. yes. Tell me, baby girl, because I need to know. Let me find this birth certificate. Hold on. So, <laughs> this is actually talking about love and partnerships is probably what drives most people to um, my, a lot of people to my business. Um, and almost every time, including in my own life, I find that the issue is you. <laughs> it's not like... You don't say. Not, um, it Because also the theory that astrology lends itself to suggest that we're all part of each other. We are, we are all related to each other. So you're only able to get as good as what you put out. Right. So that's like the general read. If everything coming across your desk is shitty, it's probably more about your desk than like, you know, <laughs> the shitty people, but, that part. <laughs> but astrology can help you see what you might not see yourself. Um, and mind you, as a reader, like what I just did for you all, I, I go to other readers to do that for me. You know, that's a point like that. You need that outside perspective. And so for me, when I'm thinking about, uh, advising a client through love stuff, I think first about their descendant, right? Um, the rising sign I talked about for you all, let's see, we have Sam has a Leo rising. Um, Rebecca has a Sagittarius rising. Sadu has a Taurus and Micah has a cancer. Now there are four cardinal points. The ascendant is the one we talk about the most. It represents, um, how, how we are seen in this world. I like to think of it as the car that we are driving. Like the car you're driving isn't who you are, but it says a lot about who you are and is what people see on the street and what have you. Right. Now, the other side of that is the seventh house, the descendant. It represents, or another way to think about it is the other. Um, that which is unconscious in ourselves, but is there, okay? So for example, um, I'm also a Leo rising. As gregarious and entertaining as I can be, 
some part of me also wants to be very detached and Aquarian and out of here. Like, ew, don't touch me. Right. Like, and it goes back and forth, back and forth. It's not, it's not one or the other. These things are related to one another in, in as much I tend to attract Aquarian like people to help balance out my Leoness. Right. So that doesn't mean that all my friends have their sun in Aquarius, but like there's a lot of Venus Aquarius energy around me or like um, a lot of Aquarian rising energy around me. And that helps balance out because it's the other side of my ascendant. Okay. So like, for example, that's why I made the point about Micah and his leather, because he has the cancer rising. So the other side of that, the Capricorn helps balance that out because these things don't exist in a vacuum. It's a, it's a circle. Like everything is connected. So it's always funny when people are like, Ooh, I don't like Pisces. And then I read their chart and they have all Pisces placements or all planets aspecting things that are related to Pisces because everything is related, right? So the first thing I would say is look at your descendant. The Taurus, um, let's see, the Taurus is going to have the Scorpio descendant, which suggests that you need someone who's going to be powerful, but if you don't acknowledge it, you might only attract people who overpower you. Oh, Okay. That's <laughs> no. well, it's a Taurus rising you said right right because Scorpio is on the descendant so that okay. like that thing where you're like oh those people are going too deep or oh that's too kinky or like uh too much blood like inside you're like yes yeah. um and you kind of need that other person to take you there because you ain't going to take yourself but mm-hmm. you want to be there right that's Sadie right Sadie is a yeah. Taurus rising Right. Yeah. Say that again. So, yep, that's you. Um. So your descendant is going to show you, kind of like what you're looking for, but won't admit. That's another way to look at it, right? So like, um, for uh, I'll speak in terms of myself. Um, as a Leo rising, sometimes I'll be like, "How come I can't get more attention? How come um." people won't pay like won't look at me more when really what I'm asking is um how come I'm not giving myself enough attention right like it's not about looking for things in other people really is just an alert that you're not giving it to yourself okay so like going back to the Taurus thing because Scorpio is on the other side Scorpio is associated with deep powerful connections Often sex is one of them, um, but it's not the only one. And sometimes we can look at that level of things as like, ooh, that's not for me, but it's really as a Taurus rising, like that's that's where we want to be. Um, we just are not going to drive ourselves there. Mm. Oh, wow. How do you feel about that, Sadio? Do you feel like you're... I don't, I don't, it's not strange to me at all. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, that's a part of me that I'm connected to in that sense. You know, that's not. I'm not hearing anything that's unusual. Okay. In that sense, because I mean, I'm, surra- I'm surrounded by, I, I, I'm surrounded by people who are very, um, I don't want to say stubborn, who are very bullheaded. I guess it's the same thing, uh, or in that sense. But yeah, so that's not. It's none of this strange to me mm-hmm. when it comes. to I like to think of people as on their ascendant and like, so if I were going to say I am something, I would say I am a fixed sign. I am Leo, Taurus, Scorpio, and Aquarius, because those are going to show up more, whatever your, um, whatever your modality is on the ascendant, that's the one that's going to show up 
more, right? And then looking at Rebecca, she has a Sagittarius rising. So that means the other side is Gemini. And sometimes I find with these people, either they love to make small talk or they hate to make small talk, or they just want someone around to make small talk to be like, no, that's enough. So that's her. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> She don't like to talk to people. She like talk to people, but she don't like to talk to people. She, <laughs> she wants to talk to you when she wants to talk to you. She don't like to talk to people. <laughs> talking yeah. about me? Yes. <laughs> yes. I talk to everyone. However, no, you know what she said. Worse. Worse. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot be bothered. Because if you're stupid, then what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah, that's it. There it is. See? <laughs> Yep. That charm. <laughs> yeah, so the um for love, I would look at the descendant, right? And and examine your relationship, like um knowing, for example, that you are comfortable with that versus not, or like what comes up, or oh, I have never put myself in that situation, or I keep attracting these kinds of people, like examining that and also being careful not to sun sign people but like oh well this boyfriend that girlfriend this they person then like trying to figure out their birthdays like unless you have like their charts like that kind of analysis might not help as much mm. okay so the descendant is one another very like um classic one is venus right the planet venus it lets us know i like to think of venus as how we like to be doted on and how we like to dote on people it represents a lot of other things um but that is one of the energies right so let's look at everybody's venus we have let's see micah has his venus in taurus so if i were taking micah on a date i would feed him and and not just because food is the only thing right but i would make sure micah's senses were excited in some way like i would make sure maybe we went to a museum so he could see some stuff maybe we would listen to some music i would make sure he had something he could touch maybe we would try on clothes so he could like touch the textures and everything yeah micah i would i would take you have a good time okay oh my god oh my god <laughs> you're that y'all that's, that's the kind of date i want okay <laughs> yes, let's see. Um, Sadu has his Venus in Sagittarius, and so does Rebecca. So with them, I would take them both on a date. I would be like, you know what? Get your passport. Let's go. And we would just like surprise, boom, somewhere. Um, some yeah. with with Rebecca, I would make sure she had a. It would be like, here's spa day. Get your nails done. Get your hair done, and then let's go. Right? Because she'd be like, but what? It, Right. Yeah. And then I would have the, the luxury thing packed up already. Like, here's your suitcase, like Ivy Park style, like, you know, like everything. Yeah, I'll take care of you, too. Um, but with Seydu, I don't think I would do the clothes. I would be like, huh, we're going to a dungeon. <laughs> or like something. <laughs> yeah, a dungeon or something like something. I want to say underground, like some kind of like underground tunnel experience. A sex cave, honey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, like, it's not shocking at all. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm down for anything, honey. We should be like, yeah, but honey, missing. you could get your life down under, honey. That's good. I have, and I will again. So, <laughs> oh, and guess what? Sam's coming to the sex cave too, but she's oh, yeah, gonna be sure. more of like a in a in a shamaness kind of way. She might just be observing from the outside, meditating on the astrals. Oh, nasty! Both kind of want to watch her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but she's doing something. Um, Make sure we yeah, all. She's doing, doing something. 
something sexual and not, not, not necessarily sexual or something involving transmuted energy where it's like maybe a super deep conversation about spirituality where like, Oh, like maybe shrooms, you know, something like that. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. <laughs> oh my it's God. always going to be a conversation with Sam. Just know yeah. that. going to have a conversation. So that's how I, I read your Venus to know how you like to be loved on, you know. And, oh, what does it say my Venus is in, though? Um, Pisces yeah. and in the eighth house. Mm -hmm. So that to me says that we got to have some element of illusion, including like either like high on life or like actual high, high. Love it. <laughs> everything <laughs> so yeah so those are all your venus things now to get into more fun and i think i like to think of venus as like dating even though some people read venus for sex mars is what we want to read for sex though right yes. um so let's look at y'all's mars placements um let's see sam has mars in taurus and in the 10th house hmm I don't know. It suggests that there's got to be some kind of structure to the sex. I don't think she would appreciate it to be all random and whatnot. I don't know. I have to revisit my strategy with her now. So <laughs> I might have to approach it a little more like methodically with her. I don't think I can take her to the cave the first time. We might have to wait a couple of times, but I'll get her there. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, Mars in the ninth house in Leo and Rebecca. Well, that's easy. Rebecca, we might just have to make a movie. Um, because you would probably like uh, to be seen and, and to be um, appreciated for how you look in, in the moment of the sexual act. Not necessarily all these people watching you, but knowing, oh, a mirror. I get you a mirror. Yes. Oh. <laughs> right? Like, I want to see your innards and my innards and everybody's innards. Uh, uh, girl, I ain't drinking today. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see your insides, honey, to the white meat. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you say that but yours is an aquarius which suggests that whatever you're doing we I, we might be like gross or like that's like oh, me? yes oh yeah that's about right <laughs> yeah your yours is probably i i don't have everybody's chart but if i were gonna rate like most extreme sex partner based off your Mars placement alone, it would be, oh, wait, here comes Micah. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's gonna win. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> hold on now. <laughs> if I were, <laughs> say, wait, wait, hold my purse. <laughs> okay, so the reason I say this is because we have Sadu with the um, Mars in Aquarius in the 10th house, but then. Micah has Mars in the 11th house, which just to me suggests that there's more people involved. There is just more people. Yes, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Where's my new button? Yeah. And I can't tell if it's people spanking you or you doing the spanking, but like there's something going on. There. Why not both? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so Mars. Mars is where we look for the like sexual action because Mars represents how we assert ourselves in the world and sex is one of the ways that we do that. Um, and so astrology can also help you see your sexual encounters um, more as an energetic exchange, um, which, you know, is healthier for the spirit, if you have you, if you will. So we did 
um, the descendant to say like generally what is the energy I may be blind to but totally need. We did Venus to say how do I like to be like loved on um, like a nice little date like a rom-com. We did Mars for like the sex and then we can look at the asteroid Juno for the partner like meaning what are we looking for what, what are our issues going to be in a long-term marriage-like partnership? Now, the Greek version of Juno Hera is about the jealous wife. The comedic version, meaning like the ancient um, Egyptian, um, has different goddesses associated with this. So, you know, the interpretation is... Uh, compromised by our society, <laughs> to make a long story short. So that's a like, disclaimer with that one. Now we're going to look at the asteroid Juno to say, a ask the question, what kind of energy am I looking for in a marriage partner? And now we say marriage because this is like, um, like to the ancients, like the joining of bloodlines. Okay. Not just like right. we've been living together and it's like, we're married. And it's like, no, like, like we're married. Like, like we're going to have issues if we're not together because our families will be like why are you not together and our souls will be wandering the earth stuff like that right yeah. because even if you're married married in the united states it doesn't mean that you're in like a, a spiritual soul marriage right so that's the kind of marriage we're talking about here now let's see sam has juno and virgo in the second house so it suggests that whoever you're partnered with Try not to nitpick them to death because only you care about the sh specific shit you care about. Or <laughs> he's gonna laugh when he hears this. Or get someone who's actually more organized than you, because usually people with this placement—not usually—in my estimation, people with this placement are sometimes deflecting because it's easier to be like, "Look at you, you're not organized," instead of doing something with that organizational energy, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't always mean like you're nitpicking your partner. It just means that there's some attention to how your partner deals with details. And sometimes you might be externalizing it. And also there's something going on there with money. Either you really care about the money that your partner has, or you don't want your partner to get your money or like, you know, there's some, there's something or your partner has mad money, right? Like there's a lot of different um, ways to look around that. Um, but that second house in Virgo is the energy there. Um, let's see, Rebecca has Juno in the eighth house and in um, Cancer. So it just, <laughs> freaky sex with a lot of aftercare. That's what you need from your uh, partner <laughs> in, ter <laughs> in terms of like a marriage and whatnot. They can't, it, they can't, around. <laughs> they, can't they, they can't be the type of person to be a surface level. Um, you have to be able to go deep with them. Um, it also might be some jealousy things going on because that's just how you are. It's not because they're doing anything. It's just that you'd be like a jealous type. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's like, no, no, they, no, I don't receive that as bad, honey. No. That's like, I don't, I cannot share sugar bear scales. Mm -hmm. he is, I just love him. It's like, like consumption, but, but make it good. Right. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not terrible. Everything you have to give. And if it's not great, that's okay. I can wait. Sounds sounds about right. But only a little bit though, for real. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see, we have Seidu with Juno and Aquarius, which suggests that the partner has to be not just like a weirdo, but like special, strange, like um different than the others, um, not someone who fits in. Um 
maybe even someone who's been ostracized a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like a special. I like a special person. I like someone that no one else has. No, just, like no one. Like if people no think one. you're weird, like, like I'm a person. special person that is ever a special person. I've always floated yes. that way. Yeah, so that's what I see there with um, that Juno placement. And let me look really quick at this aspect. Let's see, Juno aspecting Neptune and Venus. Yeah, they also have to be a spiritual person. They can't be like, um, this is the, like Earth is all there is. Like that, that won't work for you. Mm. Let's see. <laughs> and then Micah for the partner. <laughs> Micah also has a Juno and Virgo. So same thing I said to Sam, stop nitpicking. Um, And it's not, it's not advantageous to point out everything you see about the partner because you see more than them potentially. Right. So, and they might take your ability to see it as, um, as a slight, not very few people can handle the criticism of a Virgo. People can't understand what it's like to see everything and they don't understand what it's like to be spiritually disgusted with the disarray in the world. (laughs) So they take it personally. (laughs) So you have to be, when you have Virgo placements, you have to be careful because God didn't make you like that for no reason. You know, Um, it's just that the mere mortals, they they can't handle that kind of scrutiny. So. I love this. Oh my God. This is so great. Like, Noel, I, th- I feel like I've just been read. I think all the girls here have been read. Deron, you're going to get read as soon as you figure out your birth time. Like, this is such a great, like, I, like, I just love this. Um, let's have, like, two questions. Um, one, so, like, I know, like, you know, we, you know, we have a lot of listeners. Well, allegedly, we, we do. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I think is, like, a question I always have is, like, you know, how do you balance astrology with, like, religion, right? Like, if someone is, uh-huh. like, you know, goes to church every Sunday how can they like and like they see that the astrology is not a Christian thing how do they balance is it that? not I that's news to me because the uh, the bible it's so funny that you mentioned that Ooh. so um there's the bible is an astrological text um the there's so many references within it that it's almost um I'm looking for like a good one to share with you because the whole the whole thing is like a is a metaphor for the zodiac at some point and how actually let me let me stop right there before we get in too deep essentially the bible can be read as an esoteric text with astrological symbolism so if you dig into the symbolism of the bible you can see where the astrology fits in and if you dig into the history of religion you can see how astrology was taken out of the bible um and i'm not clear enough to say why right? Like, why do they do this? Because then we would have to say, who is the they? And uh, that I'm not too sure about. But for someone who says, oh, that astrology, that's not Christian, I would argue um, that it is in line with the biblical text. All right, good to know. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, Another thing too, so this show has been recorded during Mercury Retrograde. What is Mercury retrograde? Why do people hate it? Mm. What is going on? How do we deal with it? Yes. Okay. Thank you for asking. So one of the things to understand with Mercury retrograde is to uh, think about how we are traveling through the universe, right? So we have the sun, the earth is going around the sun. Mercury is going around the sun as well, but Mercury is in between the sun and the earth. 
Okay. So from our point of view on the earth, there's a point in the orbits where the planets lap. And because of our point of view on earth, it looks like Mercury is moving backwards. So it's called apparent retrograde motion. Okay. And with the planet Mercury, it happens three to four times a year. And it's just because of how the circles work. So you can like look up like the orbits and watch them. And then you can see from the earth, like, oh, it looks like it's going backwards. So about three times a year, um, it, what it looks like from earth is that the planet, um, it started this time, it started in Capricorn. It was going into Aquarius. It stopped on what's called station day. And then it started to go back into Capricorn. It'll stop again and then go back forward into Aquarius. And that back and forth motion is the retrograde. And so as the planet moves through each degree of the zodiac, it's lighting up different elements of the world. And depending on your natal chart, you may have various planets in that part of the zodiac being touched by angle, um, by various angles. So that's why it's different for everybody, but the general theme is revisiting and redoing. And that's true for any retrograde. Venus goes retrograde about once a year. Mars goes retrograde about once every some odd kind of months, but it's not as frequent. Jupiter also goes retrograde. Saturn and the outer planets, we just don't notice it as much because it takes way longer. So it's more of a long chunk of time that it's in retrograde. So you don't think about it as much. Mercury though, Mercury rules our thoughts and communications is associated with how we how our brains communicate so when that planet is retrograde it's almost like any planet retrograde you um in a sense lose its power right it's almost like the lights are turned off not technically but you know you have to search within for your Mercury when Mercury is retrograde you don't have the assist from outside right think about like today was it easy or difficult to get to where you needed to be on time and think about all the things that made it difficult. It's not because you couldn't remember, but it's like, oh, now I got to do this. Now I got to do that. Oh, now this thing is breaking down. And all these little series of small um, little problems, they're all mercurial in nature involving information, technology, transportation, trade, like very quick day-to-day information swapping. And our a lot of our society is run on that kind of quick information swapping. If you are living on a farm with very little electricity, I bet you the mercury retrogrades a lovely time, right? But we are so hooked up in our technology and the things that we, um, the way our technology works for our society um, that it presents a series of challenges. It's not like school stops um, or it's not like work stops when we have mercury retrograde, um, but we're still expected to you know, be at places on time and whatnot and it's very difficult. Yeah, I mean, again, that's like the big misnomer. Everyone's like, oh, no, it's Mercury retrograde. And it's like, no, you're, no, Sheila, you're just a bitch. Like, you know, it's just, it's like, yeah. um, I want to open up the floor. Oh, like, um, yeah. oh, sorry, you're saying? Sorry. Oh, yeah, well, I just want to open up the floor because I know I've, I've been asking a lot of questions. Like, I would love for, I, I know there's lots of questions. Astrology is a huge thing. Zodiac's a huge thing. I'd love to hear from other folks if they have questions um, about uh, questions asked Noel. Oof, I feel like I have been read for filth and greatness all in one day. It's amazing. Yeah. My question I'm going to get read off air. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm absolutely like, becoming a I have a question. Yes, yeah, I'm going for it. How is this chart that you are 
this type of chart that you're reading different from like the standard charts that we always see online like the ones that you do like the those the regular charts where you were that not regular but the popular one where like like for example in my chart mm-hmm. that i'm familiar with i'm a taurus sun taurus moon virgo rising and my venus is in aries yeah so what you're used to those words that you use like regular typical that what, mm-hmm. what we're talking about is the tropical chart most tropical. americans use the tropical zodiac the difference technically has to do with where we conceive of the beginning of the zodiac which i am not in the ranks of astrologers to be deciding (laughs) this is like you know the ancients and whatnot Mm -hmm. um and one like real quick technical difference is that it's 24 degrees different because at the time of Ptolemy, since the time of Ptolemy, the the Zodiac has shifted 24 degrees because of the precession of the equinoxes. The tropical Zodiac does not take that into account. Mm. So that brings up questions of like, when does spring even start? Right. So, which I I can't answer. I I don't know. Oh, (laughs) I would would really love to know. (laughs) So, um, if you follow, you would have to bitch. Pick, you would have to pick it. <laughs> well, okay. Thank you for that. Um, that segue because you would have to pick a system to base it on, right? So, like in ancient Egypt, they would base it on the Nile Valley, and when that particular time was ready to be planted or ready to start the season or what have you. So, without an agricultural reference to the land. We're really just saying when, whatever we want um, in terms of like the when the zodiac starts and what have you. That's why I like the sidereal zodiac because it's in relation to the stars, the fixed stars that are there. And that's the closest I can get to what I would say is um, an authentic read of what's going on. So to answer your question, Sam, I feel like it's a, the question is more like, is the question like, how is this also right? Is the question, what do I do with my tropical chart? Like, tell me more about your question. Yeah, I wanted to know like how I can, because there was some information that, that you shared with me in this reading that overlapped with a little bit of what I have from my other chart, especially like all the stuff about that, you know, that my ninth house and this the stellium. But um, yeah, I was like, how could I m- make that, make use of the information from both of those types of charts? For me as an astrologer, I have thrown away my tropical chart because that calculation is based on, to me, a miscalculation. When I read the history, and then when I also reference the people doing this work, um, I do not see the value in a tropical chart. However, um, I have almost always, I've never not been able to show people that energy that they think is going on in their tropical chart being in their sidereal chart. Because what we're really looking at is the planets and the relationship between them. And that doesn't change. If you have Mercury square Neptune in your tropical chart, it's going to be square Neptune in your sidereal chart as well it's just going to be different signs but the planets are more important anyway so sometimes what happens is we we at least for me going from tropical to sidereal i had to get a better understanding of the planets and not hold on to my sign placements 
Mm. Wow. Mm. Um, some, something um, that I, I think we talked about offline once, um, like the idea that like sidereal is more of a black, it, like, it's, it connects more to blackness. It connects more to like an indigenous, um, indigenous like Zodiac. Can you like speak a little, to, like, a little more about that? Well, yes, it's kind of like what I was talking about in the beginning that when I started looking into my cultural claim to astrology, it's been something I've been interested in my whole life. Um, but when I stepped out into the realm of professional astrologers, meaning people are paying me to look at their charts, I started thinking like, well, like what claim do I have to this? Right. And I'm glad I started thinking this because people are getting, as they say, canceled for um, having funky interpretations. And then it turns out like they don't they don't, they're not approaching astrology from a holistic or even any kind of spiritual way. Our history as a people, as human people, the people who started studying astrology did not separate it from their spiritual um, path. So because of that, I feel like sidereal is more closely aligned to that than not. One of the issues that does come up though is that the Vedic system, which is um, what the people in India use, some people in India use, um, it's popular from India, um, they use the sidereal zodiac. Mm. And because of that, sometimes um, every, uh, the association is sidereal and Vedic. And it's hard to disassociate that. The Vedic system is its own spiritual understanding with its own cultural history in and of itself. So I don't practice Vedic astrology because I, I, I don't come from that culture, but as a displaced indigenous person, as a displaced um, African person, as someone with Caribbean roots, I can trace back to groups of people who did look up at the stars and believe that they come from them. And that those people did not develop into tropical astrology. Mm. Tropical astrology at best goes back to the Greeks who at best got it from not them. And then another fun fact is that there was um, communication on the ancient, in the ancient times between ancient Egypt, Kemet and um, India. So it's not like these systems were developed um, outside of one another. Mm. And this has been so fascinating. Um, can you please share your social? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I am uh, Noelle the Vibe on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, which I just started doing, um, um, Patreon. And you can find my, um, my website at noellethevibe.com. And I will, um, I, I want to ask how many of you have heard of sidereal astrology before, before this, nope. Never once before today. Okay. So that means that potentially your listeners may not have. So I want to make a point about, uh, where this is all coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention to me, who is the giant in the sidereal, um, astrology world. And that is Dana Lynn Knuckles. She goes by the, um, handle the people's Oracle and she has a framework for understanding astrology that is very important 
for people to know exists. Um, sometimes when I talk about sidereal astrology and people have never heard about it before, um, they associate me with just sidereal astrology. And there's more than it's not just me, right? There's other people doing it and there's other resources, right? And the reason I bring up Dana is because she has books out. Like there are books you can buy where people will go through, um, specifically she will go through the planets and understanding the symbolism and how the chart works and how to break it down. So it's not like you have to read all these ancient texts to understand this. Um, and the other source I wanted to point out is um, this Cyril Fagan and Brigadier Firebrace. Um, they wrote books on sidereal astrology when they started to figure out that there was something wrong with the tropical zodiac. So this whole tropical versus sidereal thing is um, bigger than you bigger than me. <laughs> um, so I just like to point that out for people who, who are just uh, tuning in because I kind of hate that people get caught up in it because I've moved on and want just everyone to understand the planets. Um, mm -hmm. But it also took me about two years to let go of my tropical chart. So. <laughs> Cool. No, that, that's super helpful. Um, so we're going to take a quick little music break. Um, you know, the, the, the documentary Free Britney, well, is, that, is it called Free Britney? I don't know. It was about the Free Britney movement um, just came out. So we want to play a little track um, from Little Britney. It's Every Time from the In The Zone album. Um, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn.
song um if you are you know if you can you can listen to uh, queer state of mind wherever you go we are available on um on our website radiofreebrooklyn.com slash queer state of mind we're also available as a podcast so you can check us out on apple music uh spotify stitcher uh google uh youtube music everywhere you get a podcast make sure you rate and subscribe us um and definitely download this new episode because this is the bomb yeah. oh, fun. Yeah. that's my favorite britney spears song believe it or not Wait, what'd you say? That's my favorite Britney Spears song. It's a great, it's a great album. It's a it great is. Album. I like that song because it reminds me of Tori Amos. Oh, yes. That's that's literally the only reason. Because I don't like people who can't sing singing ballads, but I'm like, oh, this sounds like Tori Amos. That's just <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> funny that's enough. It's good. You just managed to sprinkle, sprinkle a little shade while putting forth a compliment. <laughs> a little backhanded. The caramel It is legendary. I mean, and she better be frozen. Okay. Oh, oh, she frozen. See, see, now that's the, that's the caramel yeah. karma. <laughs> she's, in, she's in strong. She's strong this week, honey. So <laughs> she is strong this week, honey. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, we did so. I mean, we will, I know we're like running short on time, but did y'all, wait, did y'all watch the uh, the um, the documentary about not Christian? yet? Not yet, yeah, okay. I did. I watched it with Eric, oh. and you know, for him, it was like such a foreign thing because like, that's just you know, he's 10 years older than me, so she's not from his era. He wasn't really, you know, he just was aware of her, but he wasn't like growing up with her while she came up, like how we he grew up with Janet and Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good i mean but mostly janet but mostly Janet. well also there's something that comes up and you're just like oh snap like someone's a, there's, a, there's you just watch it like it's only like an hour and 15 minutes it's on hulu i recommend it i know like in a future episode we will talk about it but um I huh i you know my mom's been saying this for years before the free britney movement even started mom's like people would just keep torturing that girl and for what and then she 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 would bring it up all the time because she would always be in the news. They would always be just like shitting on her, but just because they can. Mm-hmm. And Britney doesn't really fight back. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, and it's like in the, in the, and it really captures. It goes into that, and you're just like, because you know, at the time we were seeing things a certain way, and it's like, yeah. oh no, here's what they were trying to paint it as like just a uh, she was acting like a crazy white girl. Right, that's yeah. not what was happening. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I mean, think it's a cash cow to a lot of people, so that's the thing. She's she's still a cash cow, mm-hmm. so you know so everybody. But, and that's the problem. Yeah, like, and I think her misery, right, is lucrative for a lot of people, so they need to keep her in that state. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think it's kind of like the South Park episode where like they're bit literally were like, you know, making her work though she died and she was like all that whole thing when she was like with headless or whatever. Like, no, it's like mm-hmm. very true. Like it's like, what do you do when you have a cash cow? You like you destroy them. Um, highly recommended. We'll definitely talk about it in a future episode. Um, it is it, it it just gives you a whole different aspect of who Brittany is. Also, someone from my high school is like in it. And I was I was pleasantly surprised to see him like in it because he's like part of the free Britney like people. And I was like, oh that's cool. Oh wow. Is he like the guy, like the Asian guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's like one of the he's like one of the founders, right? Yeah, I think so. And I was like, I, I mean, I knew he was into Britney when I was younger, but I didn't realize he was like that into Britney. And well, here he is. He's done <laughs> wow. a goddamn documentary. So yeah, that's serious, serious. Like yeah, that, yeah. that's the part that I like. I'm like, wow, you guys fans like that, huh? Yeah, they have some cute masks though. Like I'm actually gonna ask them like because they have like the free Britney masks. And I was like, I want one. <laughs> oh, I got a t-shirt. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my god, we have like well, I think next week we can we can have like a whole Britney thing yeah. I, mean, I know it's like black lives matter i mean it's like black history month but it's, it's a free yeah, but so now hold on now girl i mean like i mean i like that one cute song but we're gonna have a whole show of this bitch <laughs> I mean, like, over overprotected that's a great song oh, i yeah. had a whole music break we are gonna we are going to do that motherfucking music well, we break. could just do this collaborated with black people like all the songs that she did with the neptunes and stuff how about that <laughs> Wait, uh, that could be another music friends. break. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's a part of it. Yeah, I used to watch sure. Wait, Noel, what was the song with the Yin Gang twins? Do you remember what song that it is a song which they're like they're like, oh yeah. Like what song is that? <laughs> it's on that album on the one that it's from in the zone. It's the Yin Yang Twin song. Every Yin Yang Twin song has that, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember yeah. that. <laughs> like that's just so it's, general. It's that was so that one, and there's the R. Kelly song on that album too. Wait, is it R. Kelly's song? No, oh, man. Yes, she did this all R. Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> and then they didn't do the video or they didn't go forward with it or because of his his being R. Kelly. <laughs> I can't. No, ma'am. I... I rebuke it in the name of whoever whoever's your God. Yeah, yeah. the Ying Yang Twins song, it had like the banjo on it and it was like, this is for all those Southern boys out there. I'm like, ding, 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 I think ding. I know what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> Britney has bops. She has but bops at the woo. Gimme more is my shit. And oh, three, song. I love that song. No, gimme more is every fucking. It's thing. one of the best. It's like one of the best Britney every songs ever. the lights down. And that song was made for her voice. Like, yeah. It was made for to, for it to be sung by Britney with her voice. It really was. So it sounds so good. It fits so well. When she first came, when she first came. Out when they all first came out, um, the 99 2000 people, you know, I was my girl was Jessica Simpson, she's saying, <laughs> and then I like Christina, I wasn't so big on Britney because you know, I like the vocalist, let's be real. Mm-hmm. So, I like a show girl, so I was all about Britney. You know, <laughs> me and me, and I, I changed our throat, you know, when we got our divorce. I went on over to Britney's house. So, you know, she cool. You know, I, I I fuck with her. You know, I don't invite her to perform at my house, but the, the girl's cool. And so I think that's going to be like, like uh, I'm going to watch it. I just want right. to see, like, I'm nosy, just because I'm nosy. I uh, shit, I watched it when you illuminating. See that? It is very enlightening. It is. And then you just, you know, there's a lot of things that are affirmed that we already knew, like Justin right. Timberlake kind of being a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, we knew because the way he did our girl Janet. No comment. Yes. No comment. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, you try to set me up, Sam. Yeah, literally when that <laughs> scene came on, I was just like, oh wow, I, like it was around the same time too. So it was just like, of course, right? Um, 
yeah, so we'll definitely recommend it. We'll definitely just, like speak a little more to it in our, in a future show. Um, is everyone watching Drag Race? Have, have we all caught up on Drag Race? Yeah, uh, okay, I know I'm, Rebecca, you're not. So behind. I mean, is the show is the show caught up on Drag Race? <laughs> I mean, there's so much Drag Race. I am. I am. No, I said I was. I was joking about the fact that we record before Drag Race comes. Oh out. yeah, no. I mean, the show's not. Caught up. Is the show caught up on Drag Race? The show's not caught up on Drag Race, but it's really you know it's. I mean, Tamisha Iman has left the building, but she has some really good gear. If y'all been looking at her gear on her website, some really cute gear. So oh, she feel like she's gonna be back for All Stars. Oh, anyway. she's definitely back for All Stars. Yeah. Well, she got to get rid of her her bag and her stomach, and she was had a right, right. So I need her to twirl. I need her to be Tamisha. To me, no, Amon. That was 1996, bitch. I know, but I need her to be Tamisha Amon, like how Janet Jackson is Janet today. That's what she did. <laughs> Walking point. No, she did. <laughs> I did not do that. <laughs> no, Janet can not- still twirl the house down better than most girls out today. Thank you. Janet is my baby's mama. And so, like, mm-hmm. if you want to sustain, that is how you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of uh, of Justin Timberlake and uh, Les Moon Vats, whatever his name is, we put respect on Jetta Jackson's name. Mm-hmm. Just look at oh. what happened to them. Every <sighs> time. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting. I think there's still like 13 episodes left of the show. So <laughs> it's going to be in until five months. <laughs> I have to say something really important before That's I forget. It. And I just thought about it. Today is the very important day and today's a very a birthday to one of the most important people in the world yes. for those of you who don't know anything about it you need to learn something and not only know about fucking pop divas or, or r&b divas and all that shit you need to learn people who actually were called niggers in different countries while they were opening their throats yeah. and that would be miss lean price today is her 94th birthday okay when she used to sing miss aida the, the people used to be like oh my god be careful not to get your makeup on the chair, she said, "You'd be right. surprised how well it stayed on because it's a show her black skin was makeup." So I, today is the birthday of Price, which is one of the first black women to sing mm-hmm. major a uh, major roles that were not best in different uh, in different uh, opera house. And the little story is, she was actually supposed to make her med debut in the late fifties in Aida, and her manager at the time, the conductor, was like, "No, honey, you're not going to make." your debut as Aida. So she made her debut as Leonora in Il Tovatore in 1961, because it's like, you're not gonna come in as a slave, you're gonna come in as a lady. Oh. And she came in as a lady. Honey, well, you know, honey, you know nothing else I know my, my history when it comes to that. Can yeah. I just say this really quickly? It's not just a matter of learning, you know, your history for younger people out there. It's also about older people teaching that history too. No, no, no. Uh, you but, know, I'll teach the kids something, but you know, shit. But me personally, you know, I I can't shut the fuck up about trying to teach people shit. So I I do my motherfucking part. Teach not ridicule. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you know. So, but anyway, it's not about kids and just in general. People need to learn about. Oh yeah, that. oh for sure, for sure. Because it's outside of pop music, yeah, yeah, for sure. People need to learn about real. Say what? I said, come on, millennial. Right. <laughs> So I had to go ahead and say happy birthday to Miss uh, Hartney, Ashley, uh, Leontine, uh, um, Mary Violet Leontine Price is her name. You better get her name, her original name right, right. like Anna Mae Bullock. Graduated from, from, from Laura, Mississippi, 
graduated from Central State University in uh, Ohio, cousin to Dionne Ward, sister Houston and Whitney Houston. Yes. Yes. Christ, happy You're birthday. Welcome. Yes. Um, happy birthday. Um, something came up, something came to mind. I know we kind of like, like just as a thing about astrology one more time. Um, Noelle, can you um, quickly define what is a Saturn return? Because, you know, I'm thinking about No Doubt. They have the album Return of Saturn. Can you define for us uh, Saturn return for the folks you who... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sorry, you just unlocked something for me. Oh. Because I, like, listen to that album all the time. And, like, you know, when you find out the thing that you do as an adult, you were doing as a child, like, that's always nice. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, but let's talk about Saturn return. Okay, so this, the Saturn return is why people who are younger than 30 and people who are older than 30 are two different kinds of people. Um, ah, wow. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Right. So if there's someone who's about 28 years old or younger, who's bothering you, just sit back and let life take care of them because it's coming. Um, it's coming. <laughs> 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 Yeah. So the thing is, though, if, if we're lucky, we get three Saturn returns. Mm -hmm. Saturn goes around the zodiac or goes around the sun. And we envision that as the zodiac. Right. Um, it takes about 28 and a half years. The sun takes a year, 365. The sun. We take a year to go around the sun. Right. We call it the solar return, your birthday. Right. Um, Saturn takes 28 and a half years about to get around. And as it goes around the houses of the Zodiac, it collects all these lessons. Saturn teaches structure. It's all about boundaries, talking about discipline. I like to think of Saturn as the stern parent or grandparent who doesn't care that you look nice. You just better have done the chores right. You can't look a mess, but like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna impress this parent with the razzle dazzle, right? Like mm. the, they want the, where's the receipts? Like, did you do the work? And like, and why you look like that, right? Like that's that's how I see that's Saturn energy to me. Um, and really, some Saturn gets a bad rap, but I think it's because we are not conditioned to work hard with little apparent reward. We we don't. That's not our jam, right? Like we can, but that's not what we see. Um, we see more quick stuff, more Mercury, more Venus, like quick, um, quick bucks, right? So Saturn's like, why would I want to work that hard? Um, but people who have been a lot alive longer know that the fruits come after a long harvest, right? So that's the themes of Saturn. Now, as it comes back around to its original spot, like it, the meaning the place it was in your natal chart when you were born, um, you get a chance basically to take everything you've learned in the past almost 30 years and apply it to this new lease on life. If you have not come if you let's say it's a different way if you are not on the path that your chart set out for you like you know how we discussed y'all's nodes and like you know you should be headed towards the ninth house stuff like that if you are not headed on that path saturn and your saturn return will help rip away what is not supporting you so you can probably think around the time 28 to 31 when your life transformed maybe it was through marriage maybe it's through losing a job gaining a job moving across the country having a child any of those things, but that particular thing for you was transformative, taking you out of your youth and into um, a mature state where you now see things differently. Mm. I love that. I mean, I think we can probably all relate to something that happened between 20 and 30. Like I know for me, like I went through like a very serious breakup 
um, at that time. And I feel like I changed who I was. I'm sure you probably all can relate to things that happened to you as well. So I think it's really great, like a really great primer of like what the Saturn return is. Um, what, what happened to y'all? Did, did y'all ever experience anything between 20 and 30? Like marriages, relationships? Child. Oh, wait, you just turned. <gasps> Wait, I just turned? Like a year ago, right? Uh, Almost two years ago. Oh my year God, what'd ago? you go through? What'd you experience, honey? When I turned third, oh girl. Um, I kind of blocked it up. Uh, I can't <laughs> think on top of my head. <laughs> okay, no worries. No worries. We'll think about it. We'll pray on it. <laughs> we surely will, bitch. Let's pray. Everybody bow your heads. <laughs> the other thing with the Saturn return is that it's it. there's a specific moment where it's exact, but the effects of it last pretty much for years. Um, I didn't know I was going through mine when I was. And um, when I look back, I'm like, that was, yeah, that whole year I was just cruising, as my mom would say, cruising for a bruising. And it's like, you can feel when it's happening, like I should be changing. I should be doing the right thing. I should be growing up. I should be adulting. But you're like, I'm not old enough yet. Well, that that was me. I, I didn't want to do it. Some people, step into that and they like that um the the structure and what's being asked of them they're comfortable at that moment some of us it takes a little longer to be comfortable with it um i my life was ripped apart um and i had no choice but to rebuild and that's usually what happens to everybody in some shape of the words um but that sounds a lot more drastic than it has to be because at the level of severity has to do with how much you've been listening already so mm. oh there it is well there you go wow i mean that this has been super super informative thank you so much noel um can you please share with everyone again where they can find you i know you've already said like twice already but let's say it one more time for the crowd so they can find you on the tiktoks and the social medias and the instagram and everything yeah my name is Noelle, the vibologist, I like to say, work those planets. Don't let them work you. You can find me on all social media. You can find me on all social media at Noelle, the vibe. And my website is noellethevibe.com. I also have a Patreon that is patreon.com slash Noelle, the vibe. I write horoscopes for the new moon and the full moon. I have chart parties where we get together like this and um, basically, you know, read charts over the Zoom. And I am very very happy to have spent this time with you all today yes yes everything noel we love you thank you that was good that was a good time that was a nice like different most different show i think we've ever done so that's nice thank you and like i said i'm gonna get read off air (laughs) right right you'll be right for both um Thank you so very much, Noelle. Um, everyone, please follow her. Um, you know, if, like see out her services. It's everything. Um, this has been a, another lovely rending episode. Rending, I don't whatever. But a great episode of Queer State of Mind. Um, thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.